This is the Daily Wrestling News for January 19th, 2021. My name is Ryan Joy, and I'm coming to you live from Minutes to Beltheim Studios on the beautiful Treasure Coast of the Sunshine State. And I'm joined today by the salesman of fun, Travis Severance. Travis, welcome to the show again. Hey, it's great to be here as always. I'm happy to happy to be part of it. You have a special guest yourself today, it looks like. Oh, yeah. She's my new puppy. She's a bit of a handful. This is this is Tia to anybody that can see at home. Um, <laughs> we're going to do our best to hope that she doesn't sing too much during the show. So, Well, if she, uh, you know, she might have to bark out loud when we talk about Lacey, Lacey Evans and Ric Flair later in the show, but... Um, there were lots of dogs hobbling. <laughs> All right. Well, we have a jam-packed show. Um, we're going to do the ridiculously random non-wrestling audience needs to know you better question of the day. We've got news. Uh, we are going to talk about AEW Dynamite for tomorrow, and we are going to recap Raw in maybe the shortest way possible. Um, we'll do trivia, and we will get out of here. So, Travis, I'm going to ring the bell, and we're going to get started. I'm ready. The ridiculously random non-wrestling audience needs to know you better quest of the day is brought to you by Pro Wrestling Pick'em. It's a place where you can join or host a Pick'em League to test your predictive skills in the world of pro wrestling, create an account and join a league now at prowrestlingpick'em.com so you can play against your friends or play against the universe. All right, Travis, your question today, which house do you most associate with in Game of Thrones? Oh, that's easy. It's, uh, Lannister for sure. Um, you know, hear me roar, although they everybody thinks that Lannister always pays his debts. Is what, but this entire sleeve on my arm actually is all the houses from Game of Thrones, so I have the the lion for Lannister is right there eating into the Baratheon stag. So yeah, I'm a big Lannister fan. I think they're, you know, the, the story of the family is pretty tragic and the way each of the three siblings are treated and stuff like that is, is uh, it's pretty compelling and they were interesting characters. Um, you know, we'll see what George does if he ever gets to finish in the rest of the story, but you know, the HBO ending hopefully is not what he decides to write. So we'll see. In my, uh, in my last job, I was I was at a going away party for me, and they gave me a little Jon Snow Funko. A little Funko, yeah, yeah. very nice. They, they compared me to Jon Snow. I guess I don't know if they felt like I, you know, murdered them on the way out the door or what I did, what I did there. But uh, so nice I, guess I don't know if it's House Stark or House Targaryen that I uh, that I associate with, but. Yeah, I mean, and it's hard to say, right? Because like, he was obviously Night's Watch at, at a period of time, too. And, you know, they don't have a house, so. Yeah. So there you go. There's our Game of Thrones talk for this morning. But, of course, I have a tie-in. We are going to do Winner is Coming trivia at the end of the show. So if you have a memory worth a month, mm -hmm. you've got a good shot at trivia today. <laughs> so there's like four questions where the answer is Sting or some variation on Sting. Got it. I'm ready. That's not all that happened that night. You know that. <laughs> uh, you better figure out who Britt Baker wrestled by the end of the show. All right, we'll see. <laughs> all right, so we're going to dive into the news because um, there is a, just a big pile of random things that have happened. So first and foremost, WWE announced the locations and the dates for WrestleMania 37, 38, and 39. WrestleMania 37 is going to take uh, be a two-night event, again, on April 10th and 11th. The event will take place here in Florida, uh, and they are going to have fans. So I think that is that is the first WWE event with fans since March 9th, Monday Night Raw. 
Uh, well, yeah, I, I think I think it's uh, it makes it makes sense. The Jags had fans during their their football games. The Dolphins did. The Buccaneers did. Um, obviously, it's not the same experience as when they have a packed stadium. Not that any of the three of them would really pack a stadium, though. With Tom Brady and Tampa Bay, he probably would have done pretty well for their ticket sales. Um, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how they decide to do that. So it, it is actually, it's in Tampa. Um, mm -hmm. Ringside News actually did a little article because the Super Bowl is going to be there. And so they were kind of comparing the, you know, try to determine how many fans could potentially be in, in stadium. Um, it's a little different layout for wrestling, right? You have the sure. stage that's going to like take tons and tons of seats away. And you have the floor, which they don't really have necessarily for football. So well, I, think, I think it's a smart move, though, overall, right? So if the Super Bowl goes in there and they figure out how they're going to do their distancing yep. and that kind of thing, and like WWE can just kind of, you know, go right off the coattails of however they did it and take their best practices from the experience and kind of, you know, adapt it to their style of event. So I think it's a smart, it's a smart move. Um, if you're following the Super Bowl, obviously the Super Bowl and NFL cares about safety and all that other stuff. So it's, it, it's a good fit. Yeah. I think I thought that was like the best possible uh, choice for them, you know, to, to just do what the Super Bowl does because the Super Bowl is going to get all positive. Uh, well, they'll either get positive or negative reactions. So. Right. Exactly. Super Bowl is expected to have 14,000 people. We'll see with WrestleMania. Depends on if the tickets are $4,000 for nosebleeds or not. Well, it's interesting to me that, they, that they're going with the Wrestle Kingdom two-night format as well. Um, yeah. Obviously, they didn't announce that on 38 and 39 yet. Um, so they're they're definitely fooling and fiddling around with that. Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> WrestleMania split into two nights and stuff. We, we'll see how that goes. Um, well, you know what I think? Um, it's safer. And and here's why I think it's safer. Um, people drink at wrestling events, and then when you drink at wrestling events, you get friendly at wrestling events. Oh, without a doubt. You're, right now, the shorter the event, the less drunk people will get, and the less you know they'll forget about all the safety precautions that they need to take. Correct. That Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. Um, 38 will be in Dallas on April 3rd, 2022. Uh that's a return to Dallas for them. And then 39 is going back to Los Angeles. That's where this year's was supposed to be April 2nd, 2023 in SoFi stadium. So yeah. So last year, uh, WrestleMania was two night event this year. It'll be a two night event. Honestly, I would much rather have two, four hour events than one nine hour event. Oh, uh, without a doubt. It's a, a much better model. Uh, last year, not this past January 4th and 5th, but the year prior, Wrestle Kingdom was still like two, six, seven-hour shows. Mm -hmm. So I I don't mind two nights as long as it's not, you know, 30 hours of wrestling in two days. Yeah, so it's it's interesting they don't announce they don't announce WrestleMania 40. I mean, my I guess if I had to make a prediction there, I'd I'd think that we're going back to Madison Square Garden for 40. Um, New York for sure. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean they need the problem with Madison Square Garden though is compared to other places it's a small venue now yeah small yeah. venue tiny entrance right like the entrance is like six steps out of that locker room and they're they're in the ring you know but i mean that's some of the charm of it too i guess but yeah i would assume that they're going to be in new york for that show well you know the other thing i thought of and, and i don't know maybe they do barclays was, barclays is pretty big well it was a failed experiment in wrestlemania 2 right but the world is very different now and and they have a, such a much much bigger talent roster 
I think they could do a three venue show um, like they did in two. They would have Chicago, Los Angeles, and New York. And then they could do smaller venues like you know, MSG, Barclays. I, I think they might want to space them out so they're not in the same geographic region. But, um, you know, maybe that's a possibility for the big 40-year anniversary. Well, if they were going to split it into a two-day show, I think that's an interesting way to do it. Venue for day one is in this area. Venue for day two is in the other area. I mean, we see the G1 travel, and it's very successful in that way. So, yeah, you could I could definitely see an East Coast, maybe West Coast sort of thing um, yep. would be interesting. Or even North-South. I mean, Chicago versus Dallas or something like that. I don't think they're going to go right back to Dallas with that. But, yeah, that would be an interesting way to do it if they keep it the two-day format. Well, we've given if, if they're not thinking of that, we already gave them the idea. So exactly, um, they've also announced uh, their pay-per-views between Royal Rumble and uh, WrestleMania 37. We'll have Elimination Chamber in February on the 21st and Fastlane on March 21st. Uh, so those are the two in-between shows, both from Thunderdome. Okay, uh, I think that's WWE pay-per-view news. Uh, Stardom wrestling star Sari announced that she had her final match in Japan and she is going to the United States to join WWE as part of the NXT brand. So um, I've had a lot of success with the talent coming from Stardom over to WWE. So um, hopefully this is just the next uh, iteration. Yeah, for whatever reason, they do very, very well with the female stars that come over from stardom, and they just can't hit too well with the male stars outside of you know Shinsuke maybe being the exception, even though he's hit or miss too. Like yep. I, you know, he's one of those guys that we're going to see right now. It seems like they can dust him off and push him right up whenever they want, and we'll see how that's work, how that works out. He's in the middle of a what seems like a push right now. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Nyla Rose was removed from this week's Dynamite. Uh, due to COVID precautions, so her new match, uh, Layla, she was supposed to fight face Layla Hirsch. Now Layla Hirsch will face Penelope Ford. Uh, we'll talk about that when we get to Dynamite. The next Impact pay-per-view will be Rebellion on April 24th. Travis, you've watched Impact pay-per-view for the first time in a long time this past weekend. Um, yeah, you know, I thought they did a hell of a job. Um, I was impressed. And, and, you know, it's funny because if I if I rewind 6, 9, 12 months, you know, we were laughingly talking about impact and how they ran their business and the different things that they did and how annoying it was for you to buy a pay-per-view. And then the first half of the impact show the following week was half the pay-per-view that you paid for and stuff. So it seems like they've really gotten their ducks in a row now. Um, you know, there were some lowlights in the show uh, for sure, but I thought it, overall that the, the pay-per-view was, was worth my 40 bucks for sure. Um, and I, and I was happy to see the talent that, and it, and it seems like they have a whole heck of a lot of stars right now that are finding their characters for real. Yeah. You know, a lot of times it just felt like, like who the hell's moose? What's he doing? What's Cody Diener doing? Why do we got Sammy Callahan messing around with these guys or that guys? And it just seems like everybody's kind of coming into their own at the same time. And I don't know what sprung that on, but it certainly made for a much better presentation in general and, and more interesting matches for sure. You know, it is really interesting. Um, you know, ever since WWE flooded the market with all those talent cuts, um, you know, talent got injected in, perhaps some experience and some mentoring, maybe not, but that's an option. And also, I think you know the idea that the market's flooded. I gotta step up my game. Yeah, know? I agree. So, it, and it gives you know guys like Eric Young that sat and languished forever on WWE. I mean, he's a top guy in Impact. Good looking guy. 
it's weird. Guy. It's weird when you uh, when you see his character in front of the camera. I get the sense that he's probably a really valuable asset to them behind the cameras. Yeah, he's um, super smart. I mean, he was an original TNA guy, Team Canada, Eric Young, and had some really interesting angles back in TNA days. Um, so having him kind of back there, I think he just has a really good relationship with Demore. And it, it shows how he's featured and what a difference in, in the type of, you know, performer he has been here versus before when it was like, you know, it just felt like WWE was holding on to a whole bunch of people because they just wanted, they could hold on to those assets and just said the heck with it, you know? So Madison Rain officially announced her retirement from wrestling. Um, along with that, Josh Matthews was promoted within Impact and D'Lo Brown and Matt Stryker were brought into new commentary duty. Uh, starting with Hard to Kill. Um, I thought they did okay. They actually did better than I expected. I, I did not have very good expectations for a striker and D'Lo. Yeah, I think they finished better than they started. The start felt a little bit awkward. It seemed like they were kind of trying to feel their groove out. Uh, Striker is is much stronger than I would have given him credit for. I, I liked his character before. Um, it felt like D'Lo was, was still trying to kind of figure out who he is in that role and stuff. They could be good. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm a big fan of having one of the commentators be a heel. I like the heel face interaction, and that's not really present in the two of them right now. Um, but it felt like they did know enough about the roster, and they were calling the moves based on the characters properly, um, which is something that I'm always nervous about when I see a new commentary team coming in. Are they going to give these guys the credit and call the names the right way with the moves, especially with somebody that's seen as much different wrestling and you know, different yeah. names for different moves as Stryker has. So yeah, it was, it was, it was better than what I thought. I was, it, it's interesting to see them bring them in on a, on a pay-per-view that way, but certainly gave them tons of time on the camera. The striker gave it a, and it's weird to say this, but I, I kind of felt like he gave it more of a sports feel than, mm -hmm. than Matthews had before, which, you know, I, I wouldn't have typically thought of striker in that way, but that's kind of the way the impression he was giving me. Yeah, he definitely called it straight, and I liked his pacing and his call, his action calls. I thought the pace on that and the cadence was really good for what he was seeing in the ring. Like you know, Jr. always talks about you got to you got to tell the people what's on the monitor, and he did a really good job of following the action that way. So yeah, overall, I would give them a really a good grade for their first run out. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, uh, Ethan Page. Versus the Karate Man on that show, uh, Ethan Page did take to social media to talk about how upset he was with the treatment of that. Uh, I did find it to be underwhelming. I had high expectations for it. Apparently, he wasn't really involved in the editing um, or post, you know, post edit type stuff. So yeah, I thought it was probably the Rotten Tomato on the show um, overall and just not very good. Um, it, it was interesting that he decided to do that. So you know, I, I'd made a post in one of the social media pages about it and. Like one of two things happens here. Either this is a work and he's doing that, or boy, is he setting himself up for some, like when you're leaving an employer and you're headed out into the open market and you're looking for a place to go. And yeah. if he's not under contract and they're looking at what you're saying to your form about your former employer on your way out the door, and this isn't a work, it's not a great light to paint yourself in right? Like a lot of these companies deal with a lot of dirt sheets and different things like that. Like the last thing you want to do is bring in a talented young guy that you're worried that's going to spout off on social media about your backstage Absolutely. stuff. Yeah. Um, so I think, I thought it was a risky move if it's not just some kind of a work that we're, we're getting. So we'll see. Time will tell on that, I guess. Hell Carl uh, chimed in 
talking about Matt Stryker from his Lucha Underground experience, which I I had not seen the Lucha Underground stuff, but I have watched some Triple Mania and stuff where he was doing commentary. So I know he has a, a deep background in in that area. So yeah, you you and I each need to get on the Lucha Underground Express here and catch up because us both being ignorant and then having okay. having stuff come up. Yeah, exactly. With the amount of wrestling that the two of us watch, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. All right, that'll be uh that'll be our next. Uh, Show number three for me will be Lucha Underground recap there, rewatch. There you go. <laughs> All right. Um, on the MLW side of things, Jacob Fatu is going to be defending the MLW Heavyweight Championship against ACH this Wednesday on Fusion. Um, I don't expect Fatu to lose the belt in this match. It's more about uh, Tom Lawler being upset that uh, ACH is getting a shot at all. So. Yep. Yep. I agree. I, I, I mean, Court doesn't usually change in a his he doesn't change titles during a an episode typically you know he's yeah, a pay-per-view, well, pay-per-view payoff guy he knows that that's his bread and butter and that's how he's going to make his money so and all of his champions with the exception of leo rush have held their title for years at this mm-hmm. point yep yep um this weekend wwe will debut my way the life of pat patterson on sunday i'm sure that'll be a, a heartfelt and good tribute to to the man i'm surprised that it it's been this long but i i assume they just gave it a really good treatment so yeah i would agree with that too i mean and and for as critical as i could have been about their treatment for for the the brody situation i mean they put up a three and a half hour best of for him yeah um which is that's saying something to run it on the network so i assume that that's exactly what they're doing with pat patterson i mean he's certainly got a longer lineage and there's probably a ton of people that wanted to get on that show and say words about him because he's again you know you're talking about two guys that just not a lot of ill was said about them from anybody you know so definitely big losses uh back on the AEW side of things cassidy haynes of bodyslam.net reported that plans changed regarding AEW's potential move to miami AEW will be staying in Jacksonville. So um, it's, it's not real surprising because we never really saw much um, double confirmation on that. So it's just one of those things that was probably, you know, said with not confirmation or, you know what I mean? Like just kind of in passing. Somebody, somebody was sitting in Jacksonville cold and said, boy, they should move this to Miami. It's warmer there. And then yeah. some dirt sheet took that and ran with it, basically, is probably what happened there. Like that, yeah. I can't imagine them leaving the stadium that they own to go to another venue to pay, unless there was some extreme reason why they wanted to do it, you know? Right. So I don't want to get political on this next thing, but it is uh, wrestling and it is in the news. Uh Dave Bautista is offering $20,000 reward for the rest of the person that defaced a manatee by um, carving Trump into the side of it. Yeah, the Trump manatee. What the hell is going on here with algae or something? Like, I don't know. I'm not from that area. I don't understand how easy it is to get a manatee to stay in place long enough for you to algae carve. Now, when we say carve, they didn't get a skin or knife out and carve it. It was algae on the back of the manatee, which grows there typically. But apparently this is a thing in that area. Um, But there's massive fines that the state has in place for that kind of stuff for animal protection, too. I mean, Florida, it's got all kinds of crazy stuff going on with animals all the time anyways. So there you go. Pretty crazy. Steve Austin had iced tea on Straight Up Steve Austin last night. Uh, We were talking about a little bit before the show, kind of let it – it's one of those shows that you can kind of just put on and let it wash over you. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, you can 
you know, they're, they're talking, they go get donuts. They ride, they ride around in the low rider and they stop by and see how hard they can hide how high they can make a car jump. And, and then they shoot, uh, you know, shoot stuff at the end. So, yeah, I mean, what a great show for Steve. He just goes and chills with a bunch of cool people. Like I, I like the roster of people that he has on the show. It's, it's interesting. It's real diverse. Um, yeah, but literally exactly what you so so I have the TV on in the other room and I was going over my notes for today's show with it in the background. Now I'm not watching it necessarily, but I'm listening to Ice uh, Ice T talk about all of his different stuff. So yeah, I'm I'm paying attention to it just as much as I would be if it was in front of me on the screen. So yeah, pretty good show yeah. so far. He he mentioned they were sitting at a picnic table eating those donuts and you know they, all, Steve's like, well, I want to ask you about you know your television show. Ice T was supposed to be on there for four episodes or mm-hmm. whatever, and here he is, like twenty-two years later or something. Yeah, playing yeah. Playing of all things, super popular character on that show, and and just just a cornerstone for that show. Yeah. All right, that's the news. Let's shift gear and talk about uh, all elite wrestling's lineup for Dynamite this week. First thing first, we have the Inner Circle trying to determine who is going to be the official tag team of the Inner Circle. Santana and Ortiz versus Jericho and MJF versus Sammy Hagar. Yeah, well, it seems like Wardlow gets to be the odd man out here. Um, yeah, it, I, I guess the inner circle's storyline is going to be all about inner circle strife. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think we're, I think both of you and I agree that this is probably a build up to split up that faction at some point and have people kind of go their own ways. We each kind of have some ideas on what we think is going to be what. Um, but yeah, they keep having these, you know, quote exhibition matches or whatever. And uh, I, I don't know, like all of them can go. So I, I don't mind the matches. The matches are going to be good. It's just, you know, there's a bunch of other factions too that they could kind of be feuded with. But then again, most of the factions outside of Nightmare Factory that we haven't heard much of are heels. So yeah. kind of heels fighting with heels, like it's just kind of strange. So. Well, the other so one of the other factions is Dark Order, and they've got mm-hmm. a match um, with Hangman Page on their side. So it's Hangman Page, Colt Cabana, John Silver, Alex Reynolds versus TH2 and Chaos Project. I think Dark Order has done a face turn. I agree. Yeah. I, I think, I, and you know what? I kind of thought that that was sort of coming. They gave the whole show to them after Brody passed. Um, they're goofy and interesting, and I think it. I think it's much more. Um, that's much cooler to do it that way based on how they've shot the BTE stuff. Yeah. You know, with the comedy angle to it too and stuff. So it's interesting to, I mean, it's the dark order. How do you turn, like, you know, use the force, Luke? Like, <laughs> this is a tough one to run, like getting these scary masks and join our cult. But who knows, you know, if the cult is all Nerf bat fighting and stuff like that in the background, like. Yeah, if, it's, uh, if it's Adam Page doing cowboy stuff and cult yeah. coming out playing haha and yeah, yeah it's hard to <laughs> i mean there's hard, still hard two, to two guys that i don't think really necessarily fit in dark order based on the presentation but i don't know we'll see at least it's at least it's something interesting to think about or pontificate on sure uh cody rhodes versus peter avalon in a match that just to me says we gotta get cody rhodes on this show to set up an angle yeah, I don't know. Maybe pretty Peter Avalon has some kind of contractual agreement that says he gets to be on TNT once a once a year or something. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen Peter Avalon on TV outside of dark and it has been a while. 
you know. But there's a whole bunch of those guys, though, that were like kind of the AEW originals that we just don't see a hell of a lot of. Some of them are better than others, but like we don't see Joey Janela a lot. We don't see, you know, Scorpio Sky and Sean Spears and a whole bunch of these guys that we see on Dark from time to time that just never make it on air, it seems like. And it, it's just odd that they have that roster. And going back to like the Tony Khan call a little bit ago, where he's like, yeah, we're carrying a bunch of guys that we probably shouldn't be carrying through this whole thing. And it's like, you know, at some point, what are they going to do with these guys? They're going to continue carrying them as a mid card thing. Like I know show two probably would have given them some stuff to do, but yeah, I would agree. This is get Cody on the show. And maybe this starts his next feud, I guess. Cause he's really, he's kind of not in the middle of anything other than maybe this is Jade Cargill coming down. To slap yeah, him Jade, around again. You, uh, you also have, something with yeah so you have something with Shaq going on Steve going on um it's kind of unclear there was this whole thing about Dustin Rhodes joining the Dark Order Mm -hmm. maybe this somehow yeah so who knows yeah uh Miro will update us on on his situation with Chuck Taylor as his butler um I expect this to just be Chuck bring me a drink or something yeah, all that stuff, right? And it may be Kip in there having him get involved as well. So, yeah, this is just an opportunity to kind of work past what they did last week. Matt Seidel and Top Flight will be facing Matt, Matt Hardy and Private Party. Um, yeah, so I mean, the Hardy and Party story. You know, we're going to see a whole bunch of high flying spots and stuff like that in this thing. I, I, Private Party, I think, is in this weird spot where like Matt Hardy has him under this interesting contract and like Matt Seidel, I'm not sure what they're doing with there. They're continuing to kind of ride that horse. I like top flight a lot. I think top, well, flight, top flight, flight I like party a lot. It's a good match. That's absolutely. A great match. I mean, those are four young dudes with a lot of gas in the tank that, mm-hmm. that, that are, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to jinx them, but they're pretty clean with the moves that they do typically. And they do some pretty, you know, high technical moves for sure. Right. Okay. And the, on the same side, I think Matt Hardy and Matt Seidel would actually be an interesting match. Sure. As well. Absolutely. I would agree with that. You know, they, they probably I mean, wrestled each other at some time before. <laughs> yes, no doubt. Um, Penelope Ford versus Layla Hirsch. We talked about that earlier. Penelope subbing in for Nyla. Um, We'll see what happens there, I guess. I think it's a lot inter- more interesting match to me than Layla versus Nia. Like I, when I saw that, I I thought oh, just they're, just, they're just going to squash her because obviously she's like three feet taller than Layla. Maybe this is still a setup for a squash, but I think it's a it, would be, it would be a better match overall for probably both competitors. Yeah, and I think the headline it may end quick. I think the headline in all of the AEW lineup for this week is the return of John Moxley. So, yeah, um, I'm sure he's going to get a win. He's in action, but yep. Who knows who they, they're going to throw into the to the lion to eat up? But yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, for sure. Okay, let's talk raw from last night. Um, here's here's what I'm thinking. Four main points: uh, Twisted Bliss, Twisted Bliss gets fiendish. Gilbert returns, and the Miz says he's next. Lacey Evans is now wearing the Nature Boy's robes. And we we now know what Xavier Woods will be doing for the next several several weeks. Yeah, I mean it's a retribution party, right? So we run a four week cycle, then we move on to the next guy. What do you um, think of the Randy Orton promo that opened the show? So this is what I'll say as a giant Randy Orton mark. I felt like the look was great. The ominous music in the background was amazing. 
I felt his delivery of it was really good. He had good pace to it. As long as I don't pay attention to the words, I love the whole thing about it. <laughs> right? I think I thought the presentation on it was great. I thought it was a really good dark way to open the show. They had a dark close to the middle segment with Alexis Playground. I thought was a bit of a miss. Sometimes her pacing on delivery, I think she could be a little bit slower or a little bit faster, depending on what she's saying when she's saying it. You can tell that it's that it's rehearsed and she's not like shooting. So maybe she's still not comfortable in that. But yeah, the Orton stuff, um, it, it's still a it, it is it is a hard thing for me to weave myself and my understanding on the motivation and how we've gotten to this point. Um, so other than if I just you know, if I look at it like a Michael Bay film and I'm not following the plot and I'm just looking at the action and the delivery and the people that are doing the things, it's really great. But if I but if I get into the words, I, I just don't I don't like how this is played out. I really thought that this Randy Orton and Fiend thing would be wrapped up so that this we we could enter WrestleMania season with Orton and Edge. Um, so it's kind of surprising to me that we're still. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe maybe there's there's kind of an edge setback or something like that, or uh, you know, he's just not ready because now it seems like you're setting up. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna go into Rumble with Fiend and Orton. Something happening there, so maybe they're worked in the Elimination Chamber. I don't know. Things are things are pretty messy. I think in general, like how long that's gonna go. I mean, are we, is this gonna extend all the way to to Bray and Randy at WrestleMania? Like. It's a hell of a long story to tell. They've been in long programs with each other before. The difference is he hasn't been in the ring with Bray. You know, he's fighting these kind of Jeff Hardy randomly. So the the Miz will be kind of looming over the Drew McIntyre and Goldberg match. Um, It's possible that the Miz bot runs in during the Rumble and then takes the pin. I don't see any other. I don't see a situation where he's going to get a pin over Goldberg. Yeah, and like, does he does he lose Money in the Bank for the second time? Like, I didn't love the explanation on how he got the case back. They kind of just ran over that. Like, yeah. what was the point of even doing it in the first place? And then, but I mean, Money in the Bank, he can challenge for any title he wants, right? So, couldn't he conceivably jump over to the other match too, and you know, take the smack ta- take the SmackDown belt? So, Try we to. have been talking about the Goldberg thing, Goldberg thing, Goldberg thing, and like. If they, if they really want to swerve us, they just throw them in the middle of the SmackDown thing and have them come out there. Like, that would be interesting. Um, but, yeah, I don't see him pinning either one of these juggernauts. So Right, yeah. Um, so, so Raw was a seven-match show. I'll run down the matches real quick. Charlotte defeated Peyton Royce in 12 minutes, four seconds. Mace defeated Xavier Woods in four minutes, five seconds. Shayna Baszler defeated Mandy Rose in 342. AJ Styles defeated Ricochet in 1257. Um which, by the way, that was the coolest finish I've seen on Monday Night Raw in maybe this year. Well, definitely this year, probably the last year, I guess, um, where Styles kind of threw him off the ropes and then caught him directly into the Styles Clash. It was a very interesting, much more believable than typical Styles Clash. Yeah, catch. <laughs> Getting into the position for that move is is little. You had to suspend your your disbelief a little bit. Um, that way was really the in. You know, you're lucky enough to have a performer like Ricochet that can pull that off with that's at a weight that Styles can catch and so on and so forth. So yeah, very, very good way to top that off for sure. Definitely. The Hurt Business defeated Lucha House Party and Matt Riddle. 
Jeff Hardy beat Jackson Riker in 313, and Alexa Bliss got a win over Asuka in 11:36, a clean win over the Raw Women's Champion. So, yeah, I don't know where we go with the Sheened after this, right? Yeah. Like she just pinned probably the best female wrestler on the roster. Io Shirai might be in the argument, but uh, where do you think of this now? Fiend, uh, Randy Orton destroyed the Bray Wyatt vessel and the Fiend persona has now inhabited Alexa Bliss. Yeah, I guess that's where we're at. Um, yeah. No mask for her, just dark clothing. I guess she did a, a clothing swap in between the lights going out, so that was interesting. Um, I think I would like to see a little bit more of a transformation and maybe we'll see that. Maybe the Fiend ensconcing yeah. her will will transform her a little bit more. I don't think I want to see her in a full-on fiend mask, but maybe some different makeup or something like that to make it look a little bit spookier. Yeah, I yeah. was kind of surprised okay. that they fed Asuka to her. Like I it would have been okay if it would have been like just anybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like where do you go from that? And like when's the last time Alexa's gotten in the ring? You know, it's been a little bit so not that I thought that the ma- I didn't think the match was terrible. I thought when she turned into the sheen there like what it was a little bit slower and okay she's no selling a bunch so she's got you know supernatural powers and stuff so we'll we'll see we'll see where they take that you know the other thing is oscar's such a great uh actor and character actor that she maybe they felt like she could best pull off those scenes of like you know selling the alexa bliss you know transformation yeah being scared and that kind of thing for sure she does have great facials and she's certainly very emotive so yeah, yeah. it's good it's good in that way and who know? I mean, I don't, I don't suspect this is going to turn into an angle with the two of them. Maybe, but I, I guess Asuka doesn't really have much on her plate right now. But well, she's got the tag titles and she's got the raw. Well, she's 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 in, into another yeah into another yeah. universe. Like the fact that Alexa Pinder and she's got all those belts is, gosh, yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens next. Yeah. All right. We've done the news, we've done Raw, we've done everything I think we need to do. Let's get into trivia. You ready? Uh, As always. All right, today's trivia is brought to you by the free Body Slam Brigade newsletter. Each week I compile the week's top wrestling stories and I put them all in a quick-to-read email that's divided up by company. Nearly 4,000 people get this free newsletter each week. In addition to the top stories, the newsletter will also keep you up to date on everything that we're doing around the website and this show, whether that be new books, podcasts, games, or something else. It's really the best way to make sure you don't miss anything. Issue comes out each Friday at 11 a.m., and it is free. Sign up now at bodyslambrigade.com. Okay, as advertised, winter is coming trivia. So the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal kicked off the show. We know that Orange Cassidy and MJF won the match. But who did Orange Cassidy throw over the top rope as the final elimination? Was it A, Wardlow, yes. B, Sammy Guevara, C, Miro, or D, Joey Janela? A, Wardlow. Wardlow is correct. Chris Jericho defeated Frankie Kazarian in the second match. How did he win? Was it A, the Walls of Jericho? B, the Judas effect, where C, Floyd, the baseball bat. Floyd, the baseball bat? 
Judas effect. It was Judas effect. I could see his face getting crumbled too. I'm like, wait a minute. But he did have the bat after the match, though, right on yes, the outside yeah. of the ring. Yeah, 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 yeah. I couldn't remember if that was the finish or if that was the if that was in the middle of the match. Yeah, yeah. I should have so known. Dark. Nobody's ever nobody's kicked out of the Judas effect, so I can right. see Frankie's face getting crushed by his elbow. <laughs> Darby Allen and Cody Rhodes defeated which two members of Team Taz? Was it Cajun Starks, Cajun Hobbs, or Hobbs and Starks? Hobbs and Starks. It was Hobbs and Starks. Two for three. Okay. Why did the crowd go absolutely crazy after the Darby Allen and Cody Rhodes match? Hmm. Was it Sting? It's Sting! It was Sting. <laughs> yeah. Sting's debut. Sting's debut. And finally, who did Britt Baker defeat? on this episode was it a red velvet b layla hirsch c kylan king or d tesha price it was b the russian but also u.s track star layla hirsch very good you went four for five today so let me play your just to recap that brings you to um uh, it'll bring you to nine for 15. i see how, john smith is how's john smith eight out of five are you even bonus questions yeah, John Smith is 8 for 10. He's doing some extra credit work in the background. I didn't know you could catch up that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 8 for 10. You are 9 for 15. Okay. So, an error on the field. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So, last couple of things. Join me this evening for episode 37 of the Central Wrestling Podcast. Al Carl remains on assignment, so yours truly will be joined by the merry men of podcasting as we take you through everything happening in the world of Tuesday to Tuesday wrestling. And then also join Joey Jarzanka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca on Friday night, January 22nd, for episode number 48 of the Primetime Rundown. They're going to take you through everything in the world of sports. The show kicks off at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. Our show will return tomorrow. Uh, with John DeConi, we'll be talking imp Impact Wrestling and everything else. Travis, anything else before we get out of here? That's a big loss to the Essential Wrestling Podcast without having Iceman Al Carl on there, so you guys better carry your weight. Well, you know, I'm going to do everything I can, and we'll see how I do. <laughs> All right, I'm off to sell fun. <laughs> All right, for Travis, I'm Ryan. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>